All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Viewer discretion is advised. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 15 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Brock Segan, with me as always, but not always live. We've got Dylan D. Berthew. How's it going, D? Uh, You know, it's pretty good. I was feeling pretty good to be home until like five minutes ago when I got iced. Uh, by my friends show. here. Yeah, yeah. Raspberry Smirnoff. Not the best ice ever. Oh, it was so cold. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what happens when it's minus like 14 out. I mean, the, like, thing was, the thing has been chilling on ice. The ice has been on ice <laughs> for like two hours. Canadian cooler, Just, yeah. yeah. It took cold. me like three minutes to chug it. It was, it was the worst. <laughs> then, uh, you know, I got to give it to you though. Some of the best commitment I've ever seen. So I t- on Beebs, you were you had to work today, so I didn't hit you up. But I, I hit D up. I'm like, you want to chill on ice? He's like, yeah, let's go. Kid comes over and like just an absolute epic snowstorm last night. I'm like, yo, if the road's too bad, like don't worry about it. Like, dude, 
I'm coming over. So the kids leave. I literally had to push his car onto the road so we could just go. Like, it was such a Things struggle. Things you need to chill, yeah. It was, uh, it was mad respect for how, you know, the commitment to the boys. But uh, also, live with us, it's it's good to have all three of us back in this, under the same roof again. Michael Beeps Bonnie. How's it going, Beeps? It's going good. Feels nice. Smells nice. And, you know, it's just uh, one thing I noticed, though. D comes home and just so does a snowstorm. So I don't uh, I, I don't know if I like that parallel. Dude, there was actually no snow in Brantford when I left. And it was all on the ground here when I got here. bringing so. it to Windsor. I guess. Just, it beat you here. That's what it was. It was brutal, I dude. Like, I uh, was like, the boys were coming over. I'm like, okay, hey, got to, like, clear the path for him. So I went out there. I shoveled a grid after, like, D- like all my DFO shit was done at, like, 4. Went back out there because they were coming over at, like, around 8. So I went back out there at, like, 6.30. You couldn't even tell that I shoveled prior. Like, there was, like, a foot of snow again. I'm like, this is brutal. Yeah, we got hit hard in southern Ontario. That's, oh, uh, my God. And I couldn't even imagine what Buffalo's like. I'm sure many people saw that. That's, that that football ago. game was unreal. Ridiculous. Thank God we play hockey in arenas that are enclosed and, you know, we don't get rocked by snow. Well, I was there the week before, and I was I know, so it been happy been sitting at home <laughs> the next week. The week after, yeah. yeah. It Although I could have got free tickets. It would have been wild. You know what it reminded me of? It was uh, cool. it was similar, but like not obviously. It was a lot worse. The winter classic, the winter classic yeah. at the big house right? was like it was a snowstorm that day, like crazy. I feel I like it was more cold that I day. I went to that. Too, and right? I hated oh, it. I think the day. I think like the, the like winter classic day, dude. I remember like coldest day of my life. Oh yeah, dude. It was it was brutal. Like I remember planning for that day for like two weeks like I had I, I wasn't actually cold like I was layered to the T and just buckled like we pre-game hard as hell but yeah. but you couldn't buy beers because it was at the big house and they don't normally no, they serve did, they did no they were but yeah. they don't normally do it so they didn't really have the lines down no, so dude. if you wanted to go you missed a whole period and oh, I was yeah. dropping like bills on that ticket so I'm like you know what I can't really miss oh, a period no, I drank like crazy. as much as I want the beer oh before though it was like it was like a pre-bills game but yeah, dude, it was, Brock's just, always gonna find yeah, it yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, like, just, I just remember double fisting and my hands were just frozen but like, so you had to just chug the beers to just get them out of your hand. Like, you drank so fast because your hands were just ice cold. But that was, I was, I don't know. It was funny. Like, somebody tweeted out, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they had, like, um, like box seats at the Bills game, and they were still just getting, like, mad snow on them. And then, like, the, the tweet was just, like, uh, come to the Bills game, they said. It'll be, it'll be fun, they said. And the picture was just, like, in the box seats, just, like, tons of snow on them. Yeah. And they literally couldn't even see the yeah. field. It's, it's weird, man. I noticed when I was there, like, I, I don't know if all of their boxes are like this, but they have boxes that are, like, they're just, like, Bungles. covered over top, and they're actually totally exposed. Dude, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's just, like, railings. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the like at the Spitz Arena. Like, it's just, like, a box, but, like, it's outside yeah. still like it's not <laughs> but uh you guys want to talk about some fantasy hockey here yeah Damn. This, this is making me cold all this <laughs> so we uh we, we've kind of just went back to the old grassroots for this episode i mean we're back in uh back in my parents basement for this one too just like with the old bloggers blogger central <laughs> that's why we're humbling ourselves there you go episode. i get it it's a lot warmer in their basement yeah. so uh <laughs> we're humbling ourselves but uh we're basically just going to do what we do uh, on a lot of episodes, just give you guys uh, people to target on the waiver wire, uh, some buy low, sell high guys. Of course, a nice lengthy injury report because this year has just been insane. Um, but we're going to first go back, take a look at kind of things that we may have said at uh, one point or another on this podcast uh, in the previous 14 episodes and just call ourselves Allegedly. out. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah call ourselves out on something that we have admittedly been wrong about uh, to this point in the season. Uh, I mean, it doesn't you, happen too often. Yeah, you know, shoot or shoot. And if you take as many shots as we do, <laughs> like we're going to miss eventually. But uh, <laughs> I feel like we've hit quite a few. So uh, let's call ourselves out a little bit on, on ones we've been dead wrong about. But let's not only just say, oh, we've been wrong about it. 
do we have the balls to stick with our original statement and maybe this is just, you know, two months of, of, of good luck? Or are we, you know, just admittedly we were wrong about this player or team, whatever you guys went with, and we're just wrong and it's just going to continue. So, B, to start with you, what were you wrong about in the first 14 episodes of Season 3? Uh, well, me, like many Oilers fans across the nation and the world, and I think a lot of fantasy hopeful people jumped on the Oscar Clefbaum train to start the year, um, and I think I might have even said, no guarantees, but I might have said he could almost be a number one fantasy defenseman this year, and uh, <laughs> uh, he has been the furthest thing from, um, if anyone's lives in Canada. I'm sure they've seen enough of Edmonton struggles throughout the media, but um, if you're in the States, I imagine you're probably seeing them as well. But uh, Clefbaum's been kind of the centerpiece of that attention. He has 8 points through 30 games this year. He's a horrendous negative 12. But one thing is, he is shooting an ass ton. He's got 89 shots so far this year through 30 games, so uh, let's put him on pace above 200, which is still very nice, shooting at a 3.5 or 5%. So if he can improve that I do like him getting better, but overall, it just it seems like maybe he's not going to take the step that I really hope for at the beginning of this year. So I will admit I was completely wrong about Oscar Clefbaum, and do I expect him to fix it? I expect him to right the ship a little bit more, bring it back to you know a little bit. Gotta start getting some bounces. Yeah, it's, something's going to happen, but overall, I mean, he's not an elite fantasy defenseman, and he's proven that to us this year. He looks pretty bad out there if you watch their game sometimes. Doesn't look great. Um, but they seem to have a ton of hope in him. I mean, we know how bad Edmonton's blue line is, so he... he yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of competition. Yeah, he's the saving grace. Um, well, maybe not now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was super high on Clefbaum, so now I just, you know... Um, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong about uh, Oscar Clefbaum. I uh, I wasn't as high on Clefbaum coming in as a lot of other people, but I still thought he was going to have, like, a, you know, a lot better numbers than he did this year. But... I think the one silver lining here from Clefbaum owners, uh, or for Clefbaum owners, I should say, is that he is shooting the puck shitload still, like he said. And this is kind of reminiscent of what happened last year. He uh, hadn't, you know, he wasn't that great out of the gate, but his second half was superb. So maybe we can look for him to, maybe just a second half player, who knows? Yeah, uh, the, I mean, the one difference, obviously, from this year, or last year to this year, is that. Last year, he started playing really well because he started getting the power play one time, where this year he started with it and he's struggling. He's struggling but, hard. And obviously, their power play has struggled more as like as a whole team. The whole right? team, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, like you said, he's fallen on and off of that top unit. Um, and he's just you know been so plagued at even strength that it hasn't been enough to keep his numbers afloat, uh, which you know is unfortunate because, you know, I, like you guys, I love the shot production we see here. Like, he's on pace to basically go 240. Uh, which is crazy, you know. I feel like we were saying, you know, not the same thing, but similar things about Colton Pareko last year. Yep. You know, I was just gonna say th- this feels the same thing as like Pareko and yeah. Ekblad last year because yeah. we came on this podcast week in and week out and said, "Don't worry, it's gonna like it's gonna yeah. change. It's gonna they're shooting. Different. They're shooting. Yeah, and, and it did eventually. It, it, that's the one thing. At least you got they, they've got something. He's got something's going for him. It's just the puck is not. But it, we did like, and we've talked about Clefbaum a bunch mm-hmm. this year, but got like. The shots are there. Like, it has to turn around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were even pushing, you know, maybe even a month ago, telling people to still hang on to him as we're watching his own percentages drop. But just, uh, you know, it becomes a how late is too late kind of thing. You don't want to keep depending on it. But he definitely does have a chance for improvement. He is their number one defenseman. Um, but he let me down, so... You're wrong. Yeah, big clef. <laughs> Kill me, buddy. We, uh, the one thing he does have going for him, I suppose, is he's at least a, a decent... 
fantasy or daily fantasy yeah. play because he does shoot the puck a lot at least. Yeah. And if you but, like good names on your fantasy roster, yeah, they, yeah, there you go. He's giving you that. <laughs> D, where'd you go wrong this year? Uh, or so far this year, Vladdy Nemesnikov. Uh, while you guys were pumping uh, Nemesnikov's tires and jumping on the early season bandwagon alongside everyone else, <clears throat> you know, I was a little more hesitant. If you guys recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, you know, I thought and still think his value was completely tied to his linemates. Hundred percent. Um, you know, and I know Brock talked about a lot of similar players last week who uh, we said could offer some short-term value as long as they're playing on the top line. Guys like Kyle Connor and Tyler Johnson when he was on the top or Tampa one well, yeah. for the brief time last week. Um, and that's kind of what I was expecting out of Nemestikov. He's a good shooter, but he hasn't shown the ability to drive possession or sustain offense on his own at even strength. Uh, and I was pretty sure that when he inevitably got the boot from the top line, his production and you know fantasy stock would plummet. But the problem is that just hasn't happened. No. Um, and his line mates just happen to be two of the you know top five players in the league right now. Um, so he's played 408 minutes at 5v5 this season, and 318 of those have come alongside both Stamkos and Kucherov. So that's 78% of his 5v5 minutes so far this season. Almost all of it with at least Stamkos, right? Yeah, I was only about 15 minutes away from Stamkos. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. And, like, yeah, even when the Lightning did experiment with splitting up Stamkos and Kucherov, Nemeskov remained on the top line with Stamkos and the top power play unit alongside both of them. Um, you know, so while I was certainly wrong in forecasting his production, I don't think my evaluation was that far off. I'd still be weary of trading for this guy. And I think he can make a great sell-high candidate right now. If he ever is dropped from that line, his production would take a massive hit. But as it stands, like, no one in the NHL has better opportunities to score right now than Nemeskov. Uh, he's shooting 16%. On ice shooting percentage over 10. So there's some regression coming, but obviously, you know, being attached to the hip of Stamkos and Kucherov should help mitigate some of that. Um, so, you know, maybe not the best player, but just in, like, legit the best situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's one of those players where, like, he's he's, he's not, he's, like, there's, you don't know what to do with him because, like, you're, like, super happy with productions. You probably mm-hmm. plucked him off the waiver wire, but, like, you can't really sell a high because everybody else can see through it but at the, You'd s- think. At the same time like you don't want to get rid of him either because yeah. like he's as long as he's there but like as soon as you're as soon as he's on that line he loses all of his exactly. value it's a then, risk you take with these yeah, guys for yeah. sure but like I mean he's obviously a bo- he, he started as a bottom of your roster guy if and, he's now. and then now he's like he's on pace for like 60 points um I re- like I recall I was a little bit of a Believer, like I believe more, more than so you, than me than yeah, you yeah. did, but I wasn't a huge like I didn't buy him completely because we talked time and time again about his shot production. Yeah, was so low, but this yeah. year he's on pace for over two hundred yeah. shots. His previous career high was one hundred fourteen. So yeah. uh, playing with those guys, he's obviously um, the uptick. He's seen um, almost three and a half minutes a game um, more than he has in years past. Mm-hmm. So the uptick in minutes has obviously uh, been a bit of a dragging force, but like to go from 14 minutes to 18, 23 a game along those guys, I mean, come on. Uh, but sticking with Tampa Bay, where I went wrong, and I actually have a direct quote for myself because I remember saying this, and it was actually <laughs> a fantasy question that we got off Twitter that uh, set me up for this failure. Um, I believe the Twitter question was along the lines of, do you think Vasilevsky can be a top five fantasy netminder this year? And my direct quote was, I said, I think Andre Vasilevsky can definitely be a top eight fantasy netminder, but a top three or five fantasy netminder is reaching for the fucking moon. Ah, boy. So much that you even dropped the, uh... I was bomb in front of it. Twice. Twice. I was wrong. Two times. I was wrong about Andre Vasilevsky. Were you ever? And I was a bit, like, and I loved Vasilevsky. I was, I I, I love Vasilevsky coming this year. I love... A lot of it, but I mean, this what he's done is insane. Yeah. Um, well, I think you know, you like I saw the upside, but it was you know, 
You just hate it a little harder. Let me get into it a little bit here. So I was obviously like we all were, I'm sure, all aboard the lightning train coming into the year. Mm -hmm. We 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 all expected a big bounce back uh, coming into the preseason, but I didn't expect them to be as dumb as they have been. I mean, Kucherov and Stamkos came out like just bad out of hell. Like they were ridiculous at the start of the year. Uh, but I think the real reason I didn't have as much faith in Vasilevsky uh, post the Lightning was I just did not expect him to um, have the workload that he's had this year. I kind of expected them to limit mm-hmm. his workload a little bit because his first career season as a number one. Okay. Peter Budai played pretty well last year. I thought that they were going you know, to... I think... Like, I think Right, as I was saying, I don't think he can be a top five was because I think he was only going to play 55 games. Yeah. But... He's on pace for a ridiculous 68 starts and 54 wins, which would blow away the current NHL record of 48. 54 dubs is just ridiculous. <laughs> Martin Broder in 2007 and Braden Holpe in 2016 both had 48 wins. Andre Vasilevsky's on pace for 54. So That's I was absurd. wrong. He's a clear he's a clear top five fantasy <clears throat> option uh, now and through the remainder of the season because that team is an absolute powerhouse. And he's just unreal. Like, it's not just them. He is so good, too. For sure. It's been a combination of it's, the Yeah, two. like... Like, because they do it's give kind of like a, lot, a top one fantasy. They do give up a lot of chances. Like, even that Stamkos and Kucherov line, like, they score a shitload. Yeah, and they they're outproduce, not the they outproduce, But they give up a shitload yeah, of yeah. chances. They, the they usually, like, out uh, like outgenerate high danger. But, yeah. yeah like but they, they're, they're, they're their possession ratings, even their top line, is usually below 50%. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Their second, um, their second line has been somehow able to score a ton of even strength goals despite getting dominated... I know. It's weird. Possession wise, almost the whole season. I, I, like, I'm still. There's a lot of talent on that team, so it's tough to bet against them at this point. Uh, but then, man, the Jets, man, like, it, it, there's just so much, like, uh, you know, I guess red flags in their underlying numbers right now. Um, but it's hard to, you know, deny what good goal Good goal can, you know. Great goal scorers, too, right? But it's just, just how long, like, can you really depend on that for a full season? If you season? have an above average goaltender and you got guys who shoot at 60% for their careers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to finish top five at the end of the season, but I, I just feel like when you're relying at, like, when you're relying on uh, converting at a higher percentage of your chances, you're just more susceptible to slumps. So it's just like, when is that slump going to come? I think the one thing, too, though, about the Lightning this year is that th- normally there are these other powerhouses in the mm-hmm. NHL. There's normally five other teams you can look at and be like, man, this team is really good. There aren't those. Like, you know, the Blackhawks have fallen off. The Caps have fallen off. The Pens have fallen off. The Oilers have fallen off. The only teams I really like are the Lightning and the Predators. Blues, come on. And yeah. the Blues, and the Blues, sorry. When they're healthy. Yeah, yeah, and they they, they, the, the fact that they've been doing this without without anybody almost mm-hmm. all season, I mean, like they've been banged up all year. They, just The Ducks, I mean, feel bad for them, too. They just started getting healthy, yeah, and then the Ducks are going to be hurt, hurt, hurt again. Um, but yeah, Schwartz injuries, obviously, we'll get to that a little bit later, is, is brutal. But those three teams, I think, are the clear top three teams in the mm-hmm. league. But the, the normal, the mainstays at the top of the standings have really taken a step back. Yeah. So I think that's really why um, they've been able to separate themselves from the pack, at least to this point in, in, in the season. But uh, let's get a little Christmas flavor here. We're December 14th. We're getting you know 11 days away from old Santa visiting so let's get to our naughty and nice list for the for the uh 2017-18 year um not really a naughty or nice list it's more of just a waiver wire pickup and i just try to spice it up but uh uh naughty's a guy that you want to drop nice is a guy you want to pick up so obviously we're going to start with naughty beebs who's on your naughty list right now pretty freaking naughty <laughs> um 
It's a terrible word to say. I, you guys, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I can. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I can at this point <laughs> in the season, but you know who's naughty for me is uh, someone whose name we love to yell out loud, but... Ristow! Oh, it does hurt. Oh, it hurts so bad, but... It hurts so good, though, because just the name yeah. is fantastic. As you guys know, we've always kind of backed Ristow on the podcast, and there's a reason why we've done that. He's a phenomenal offensive talent. He's huge. He's the number one in Buffalo, but that team is so bad, and just Ristow does not seem to be taking the steps that we expected in fantasy yet. One thing that I mentioned before I even wrote this is, as far as keeper leagues go cut this whole segment off <laughs> um, but he struggled a ton um, just much like the team around him as I mentioned he's been going in and out of injuries so far this year he has no goals um, so far this season although he does have 60 shots so it's kind of another case of a Pareko of an Ekblad yep. he is it's not like he's not shooting but at the same time uh, last year we kind of saw the same thing from Risto he's shooting a ton not necessarily getting the puck in the net um, and, and we were saying oh it's going to start going in but I mean, a year and a half is kind of a pretty big sample size. I'm, I'm starting to lose a lot of confidence. The other thing that's just absolutely killing me about Risto is his, um, I believe it's a minus 10 rating, which um, if, if someone's not giving you any goals from the back end, you got to at least hope they're helping out another category and not absolutely shattering it like that. So that's why just in standard leagues this year, I just, I don't like the team around him enough. I don't like his upside going forward. I just, I would much rather play a safe bet at that, as you know, as your third or fourth defenseman on your roster. So that's essentially what he is at this point. Um, then Risto. But at the same time, this could also be a super buy-low opportunity for you if he does yeah. start turning it on. But um, before last night, or I apologize, two nights ago, um, where he had two assists, he hadn't had a point in eight games. And that was, um, you know, he's, he's kind of got his points in bunches. He's had a couple apples here, a couple apples there. But it's the nights that he's getting zeros for you, and, and he's negative three, negative <laughs> two. Those nights really hurt, and it's just that it's power play Colorado. is just shit. So yeah. he was a plus four in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. He plays a lot of minutes, but um, we've seen uh, in his last two games his minutes kind of drop from twenty eight to the twenty two, twenty three area. So you know maybe maybe they're losing a lot of a little bit of confidence in Risto out there. Um, he's never necessarily been a defensive beast, so. Maybe, yeah, you know, it's I, it, it is. It's it's hard to say. Um, the one thing that's actually interesting, I think that a lot of his struggles right now can be just chalked up to injury. I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't really been able to. Slow. He hasn't been able to get himself in the lineup and, and kind of just get you know get comfortable. I think uh, his possession numbers have historically been awful. Also, plays a really bad team. Yeah. Uh, but his possession numbers are actually a lot better than they normally are this year. He's, He's at forty nine point four Corsi, uh, four eighty, which isn't. Brutal, and then a two point seven uh, relative course. He's uh, which this is, is the positive first, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, positive for the first which time in his career, which is it's just huge. He's not, he's a bit of a, he's obviously not the greatest defensive defenseman, yeah. but he does have a lot of offensive upside. Um, yeah, dropping him like I'm not, I wouldn't just because like I I just love the guy. But yeah, no. But if there's good defensive options, and there seems to be yeah. a lot this year, there's a lot That's more than there's normally. A lot, a lot of, of young guys that a couple that have Anaheim who I'm a little more confident with. Yeah. But uh, I just I don't know, man. He's just it's it's hard to drop a guy at least thirty minutes a night just because like how many shots can you take in thirty minutes? I know. So there's a couple of things that are you know kind of weird about this situation because I think it's obvious that Risto isn't playing that great right now. But at the same time, I think he's had a lot of bad breaks, right? Like you know, for one, obviously he hasn't scored on sixty shots yet. Um, 
Which I don't even would, know that's possible. You would expect someone to hey, score. Hey, Franco did it for like, like 101 shots last year. Shayan did it for like what? Well, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> We don't bring his name up on this podcast. But he's got nine assists in 22 games, which isn't that far off of the 39 and 79 he put up last nope. year. Yeah. Um, only three power play points so far this year. He had 25 last year. Yeah. So that whole wave of production is just completely cut yeah. out. And the Sabres' power play was first in the league last year. A lot know, of people forget that. It and they're 30th this year. They're second last. They went, yeah, they, went from, they went from 24% to 13% it's similar so to like what the Blue Jackets did. Remember the start of last year? I don't know, Maybe power plays are just super freaking You wave Matt Molson in that. I, I, that's what happened. I don't know, man. Like You would expect that power play to bounce back to some degree. But like again, that's 25 of his 45 points last year. Over 50% of his points oh, on yeah. the power play. And that's just been cut out completely. You know, the one thing, too, and I don't have the exact number in front of me uh i wish i did but i remember seeing something i think it was either you know the, towards the end of last year or, or uh this preseason somebody tweeted out that like of his whatever amount of assists he had last year the vast majority of them were secondary, secondary assists yeah. he didn't have a lot of primary assists he was kind of just getting lucky yeah that's gonna happen for a lot on the power play though right for sure when you're the quarterback the the court, for sure but at the same time, that is a bit of a red flag. But, I mean, nine assists in 22 games, like you said, not terrible. I, that doesn't super surprise me when he had, like, again, 24 power play assists, right? It's a lot of PP assists. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of those were, like, legit just shots the Risto, rebound, yeah. do something else, and then he just happened to be... Bounce off eight guys. Exactly, exactly. but, like, the fact, if Buffalo's power play was doing as good, you'd probably be seeing similar, like, secondary assists come up this year. Yeah. Um, and, again, like I said, or like you said, Brock, it's weird because he's actually had half-decent possession ratings and is a positive relative <laughs> for the first time ever. For the first time ever, and he has these struggles. Um, and... The minus nine beams, like, yeah, Buffalo sucks, but again, he That's hasn't been that bad. That's a lot better than it could be, yeah. Right, his PDO is 96.7. He's only got a .895 save percentage at 5v5 That's this year. Crazy. Sounds about right. Which I don't, you know, there hasn't been a lot of definitive research or studies that can prove that a D-man really drives or can, you know, affect a goalie save percentage. Yeah. It just doesn't really seem like it's a thing. It's more about limiting opportunities than limiting the quality of them. Um but again, so it's a strange situation. I'd be more inclined to wait it out. But if you're in a smaller league and there are good D options out there, because there are a lot out there, yeah, um, I could definitely see it. Just because you know Buffalo is such yeah, a if you're in anything right now. bigger than ten, I'd say probably hold on to him for a couple mm-hmm. more weeks, ride it out. But anything less than that, it's he's for sure on the naughty list. I think it was definitely worth Risto's mentioning for sure because we've sure. been dancing around talking about it for a while. We've, so. Yeah, we haven't brought his name up for a while. No, we didn't. We just, <laughs> we just, we just been ignoring it. We've been just championing him. <laughs> For like eight years. Hey, we got we got Trocheck though. We were just talking about that. We were talking about Trocheck at like the same point we were talking about Risto yeah. two years ago. So and the guy's I mean, the best. What a he's actually off. Awesome. Dadinov. So started, we'll take we'll take that struggling. And Yo, yeah. Daddy was on the naughty list. Oh yeah, we could have just had a whole hoot with this. I got brutal. I got a bit of a, a bit of a similar cut bait here. I like it because also one of our boys, Cam Fowler, straight naughty, straight Windsor alert. Um, <laughs> so naughty. <laughs> Straight naughty. No, but this was a tough one. Like, aside from the whole fact news from Windsor, yada, yada, yada. I actually like Cam Fowler as a player, and I think he's got a lot of offensive upside on the blue line. But the problem is he's been grossly misused by Randy Carlisle. Yeah, it's underlined Total there. shocker, right? <laughs> um, These fake coach. Because, you know, we were talking about it. <laughs> At first, it looked like trading Vatney would open up more offensive opportunities for Fowler. And instead, he's eaten the bulk of the tougher minutes that yeah. left, uh, or Vatney leaving left behind. Uh, on the season, crazy low offensive zone start percentage for Fowler, 38%. His previous low for a full season was lo- uh, last year at 46. Uh, so it's resulted in horrendous even strength production from Fowler 
Possession rating sits at 42%, which is five even strength points on the year. Uh, and all this with a 9.9 on-ice shooting percentage and 11% personal shooting percentage as well. So it's not like things just haven't been bouncing his way. Um, he's straight up just not possessing the puck at even strength and not getting any chances to produce, probably because he's starting 30% of his shifts in his own zone. Um, could be. Probably. Might chalk it up to that. Could and on top a. of that, Fowler's, you know, a, the spot we assumed he would take on the top power play unit has actually been taken by Brandon Montour since Batten left. Um, and manning the second unit on a bottom 10 power play team, for me, it's not enough to make up for that shoddy even strength production. So, again, I think there's a lot of upside in his game. Uh, so I wouldn't just be dropping him for anyone, but if you need the spot or there's better D-men available, or at least ones with you know similar skill and better opportunity, uh, I wouldn't think twice about cutting him because the situation looks pretty bleak right now. Yeah, he... Uh, Matur, I guess, yeah, has obviously been the biggest beneficiary of that trade so far. Um, but yeah, he's just... Carlisle's just out there just, just screwing shit up as, as per usual. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, Fowler... It was weird because, like, I've never been, like, a huge fantasy fan of Fowler. I've always liked him as a hockey player. But then last year, he just came out and, like, he just, not, didn't come out of nowhere. But last year, he was insanely good. Yeah. And I I think he's been a bit of a, not a bit of a bust, pretty big bust. Because like, a lot of people, like, he, he was always kind of a steal um, in drafts because he wasn't a great fantasy asset. But he'd still put up solid numbers. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden... He has a great year, and people start drafting him early. Like, oh my god, he's real! And then now he struggled again. But do we just chalk? Because apparently he's a shutdown demon now. Do we just chalk it up to Randy Carlisle? Which you know, spoiler guys, he sucks at. <laughs> like, who looks at Cam Fowler and be like, you know what, this is the guy I want, and the defense is on faceoffs. Dude, I we don't want to get this guy too much offense. I think I get that he's good at breaking out of the zone. I understand that, and I get that could be an asset. Uh, you know, but at the same time, like you're just squandering any value production you can get out of this guy by doing that, and you're not even gonna reward him with top power play time. Come on, Randy. Yeah, I know. Come on, Randy. Randy. Randy's been naughty. He, he would be. Yeah, Randy. Oh, he's don't always, even be started on Randy. He was born on the naughty list. This guy's an idiot. Um, Ryan Ellis would probably be like 38 percent offensive zone starts if he played under Randy. Seriously, Carlo. dude. It's brutal. Ryan Ellis can do anything. It's good scary you can get out of the zone. Yeah, he's fine. Back there. He's fine. Um, you guys obviously had a bit of a tougher time figuring out who you're putting on the naughty list. Me personally. Who you putting, bro? Easiest decision ever. Naughty list. Nick Foligno. Oh, yeah. He's been naughty. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Hey, that triple position eligibility. Oh, though. my God. The guy's yeah. a bum. Uh, it's no secret, obviously, just call him a bum, that I'm not a big fan of Felino. At least from a fantasy perspective, I actually kind of respect him as a player. He's a bit of a uh, bulldog. I like that. But uh, it's been a roller coaster over the last four years for this guy. He went from being a steal to being a bust to being a steal back to being a bust. Um, Felino has just 12 points, six goals, six assists in 31 games. Somehow remains 44% owned. He's a forward, right? Yeah. For whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know goalies with better numbers, uh, but he's on pace for just 150 shots, uh, and he's already shooting at a healthy 10.3 shooting percentage, and he only has six goals, so says pretty much everything you need to know. Uh, on top of that, he's, uh, he's had his worst relative course rating of his career, minus 3.9, and he's just slipped down the depth chart because uh, the top line of Artemi Panarin, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Josh Anderson uh, has emerged as the clear number one PBJ line. line, baby. The clear number nice. one line in, in Columbus. Uh, they literally they dominate night in and night out. 
The rest of that team just, you know, Wenberg, he struggled. Atkinson talked about last week or two weeks ago. Peeves, brutal. Right. Dubinsky's nice. healthy. Dubinsky's face just caved in. Jenner is not good at hockey. Get well soon. Um, that when you battle a kid from Windsor. Yeah, get, well, up, Zach? get well soon, Get well soon, though. But, uh, you know what? I might as well just go right to the nice list because, you know, I just chirped Foligno in Columbus. But on my nice list is Pierre-Luc Dubois on that top line, the PBJ line. PLD. Uh, he is somehow, shockingly, only 17% owned. Uh, Dubois owns the best Corsi rating in the NHL at 60.52. He's in the top 30, 27th to be exact, in high danger scoring chances, 4 per 60. Uh, after picking up just one goal in his first 12 games, Dubois has collected 12 points, 4 goals, 8 helpers, in his last 19. Um, so over that last 19 game pace, obviously not a massive sample size, but that's a 17 goal, 35 assist per 82 game pace. Really nice pace. Um, this line has been by far the Blue Jackets best line, as I just said. Um, Panarin is, just had 5 apples today. Panarin's gross. Huge fan of Panarin. Uh, Josh Anderson, we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago. Just a great power forward. Great Loves to shoot right the yeah. shoot the puck. And you know, I, I really like Pierre Dubois because he was really everybody kind of questioned that draft pick. He wasn't really supposed to go number three overall. Everybody thought they were going to take Pouli RV, and they and they took Luke Dubois. And everybody questioned. It. He's just come into the NHL and, and been outstanding. Um, it's just Dubois, by the way. Huh? Luke's part of his first name. I said I only said Dubois. You said Luke Dubois. I might have just said Pierre Luke Dubois. I said Luke Dubois. I might we just, could get that going. No, you're killing it. I we should could get it, yeah. LD. 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 <laughs> no, I know it's just Pierre Luke. I have a hyphenated. I know you know. I just, Anyways. I want to make sure the people know that. Yeah, you know. no, it's just the walk. The slip uh, of the tongue. But yeah, so <laughs> the fact that he's only 17% owned and Nick Felino is 44% owned mm-hmm. uh, blows my mind. Maybe it's, uh, you know, if we're going off the recency bias, I mean, shouldn't people be adding this guy? Like, Felino was... Yeah. Like remember, I just remember me and D. I always remember our conversation about Felino on the podcast. He was so overrated that one year because he had like seventy points. Yeah, coming into the next year, so overrated. So All these spots. Yeah, yeah. Then he had like thirty points. But then not last year comes had, right back. He had fifty-one points, and we were just like, oh, he, it, almost, it, it, it literally, it literally switched. Like so, yeah. he went from being he's a Rick Nash, a steal, but like right. and now he's right back to being a bust again. Yeah. He's brutal. He's Rick Nash. And like I said, he's dropped. Oh. I mean, Luke Dubois is going to be... I just said it again. Pierre-Luc Dubois yeah. uh, has been... I told you. Yeah, I might have said it the first time now that I just said <laughs> it again. Um, but 17% on, needs to be a lot higher. That's one of the better lines in the NHL right now. They're yeah. absolutely dominating possession. I mean, the top course in the NHL is a rook. Come on. But uh, let's go back to you, Beeps. Nice list. What are you saying? Uh, you know, it's been kind of just a little, little nice for me... Lately is uh, and, and we have mentioned him a few times here, but uh, Luke Dubois. No, real close. He was actually drafted one spot after uh, Luke Dubois, and it was uh, Jesse Puyarvi. Come on, yeah, he's currently nine percent owned. Um, and for the other ninety-one percent of people who aren't aware, he's playing alongside Connor McDavid, as well as um, Milan Lucic right now. Kind of, kind of a crazy line, but but. Um, as we've talked about, you know, anyone ever playing with McDavid automatically gains fantasy status. Yep, um, easily. And Poyarvi was drafted to this team as a supposed to be high-scoring winger who is going to one day play alongside McDavid. Mm-hmm. And now might finally be the time that he does it. Um, he has three goals and two assists, I believe, since moving on that line in five games. They've been a little spread apart and clumped. But either way, that's pretty solid production from someone who you're just going to add as a... Uh, as a late roster guy. Also, something that I really like for him is um, 
he's on their first lo- first line and not touching <coughs> the power play time. But mm-hmm. if you look at their depth chart, Mark Letestu is still on that first power play. He's a good like, power play guy. Come he, on, he is. We actually but, talked about this a lot. He, he actually looks good when you watch it. But like yeah. in my head, it's like you know, if this guy keeps succeeding with Connor, if they keep showing this, you know, this nice young connection that they have going, yeah. He's going to stay on that nice list, and when you're on the nice list, you move up in the power play. And, yeah. uh, and I can see Poyarvi going, and if he jumps on first power play as well as first line with McDavid, you just picked yourself up, honestly, a pretty elite player and someone who you could probably sell extremely high at all points while he's on that I, uh, I've been a huge Poyarvi fan. Like, since, like, he dominated the World Junior. I haven't, was, so that's, ins- I'm jumping was, on He him. was insane. Yeah. Um, and like it's obviously not a huge sample size, but when these guys have been together... They have a 58 Corsi rating. They have dominated scoring chances uh, for, and they've given or they've only given up one even strength goal against while mm-hmm. potting seven of their own. So they've been dominant as yeah. a duo. Something's working. Um, honestly, like the real issue I think is the fact that they just got that that road cone on the other side. Lucic is Milan just, truck and oh, Lucic just funny coming in. I, I never thought Lucic was that bad of a player, right? Like. He was honestly like yeah a little overrated, but as far as like big like goo, like perceived the goons truck, go, yeah. like what we have left in the NHL, I actually thought Lucic is more skilled than a lot of them. I just think um, like he's just like his but he game, struggled so much. You can just tell like, when he's with his Connor, game, I think his like, game just like is not. But suited Maroon for, like, did fine with him though. Like it's just weird. I don't know why Maroon's not up there again. Like. But it was funny. I was just just, just, just cheering for Patty. Speak, speaking of Patty Maroon, uh, I saw today. Uh, you guys might have seen my quote tweet of it, but uh, the great Sportsnet, Ketcha? Um the great Sportsnet tweet like had a story, and it was just like, "Why is Puyarvi uh, such fun. a good line mate?" For yeah, Connor I did David. see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was like, like, he's literally got legs of stick. Like yeah. he can skate and hold a stick. But then, That's actually thought, true. but then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, that actually Lucic can't do it. But like, literally, Connor McDavid turned. Pa- uh, Patty Maroon yeah. into like a 30 goal score last yeah. year. I mean we talk about it with Crosby too though right like they, people have made a deal about how like it actually like not everyone has like can play with Crosby like yeah. especially on you the Olympic especially on the Olympic team like they saw it you know the four year or whatever before that's why they took Kunitz on because it was like oh he doesn't mesh with just anyone which I don't know how true that is but maybe you know you're not getting the absolute most Kunitz product. was nasty he, he was he played he was. good yeah He's on, he's on the ice for that winning goal. Yeah, so. right. Um, and again, I mean, I could be wrong. I, yeah, I think it was him and Iggy. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. Anyway, it, it, anyway. It, it, it's just like it'd be so funny, okay. like to just watch uh, Lucic and McDavid race. Like I think McDavid could do two laps of the ice before Lucic. Did one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they break out of the zone. Lucic's like, I'll be there at five. Like, <laughs> but uh, who's on your nice list? Uh, Paul Stastny. <laughs> Paul nice. I, I honestly couldn't believe like. You know, I was looking at the numbers and I was just, you know, scrolling through own percentage to you see, like, for a half-decent candidate for this piece. Um, and, I, like, I I really was so shocked to see Paul Stastny's name there. Because, like, I figured even just his track record would have got him, like, a courtesy 40-ish percent yeah. before he's gotten bumped up to the top line. Even um, when D mentioned him, I thought he was talking about his DraftKings contest. Yeah, and that's yeah when I said 30% like, ownership. Like, oh, yeah. oh, 30% oh, talk- people in your contest yeah. took him. That's yeah. cool. But well, he's 30% in standard attitude right now. So, I, I get it. So, Stastny, solid producer at even strength in his own right. Recently been bumped up to the top line alongside Tarasenko. Uh, and as long as he's there, he's legit a must-own in fantasy. There's a good chance, you know, Brock, we were talking about before the show, um, that he sees an extended amount of time alongside Tarasenko on that top line. Uh, you know, the Blues depth chart, the way it works out, they have uh, a pretty obvious top two centers right now, Paul Stastny and Braden Shen. Uh, and Mike Yo recently has made an effort to better balance out his lines. 
And it seems super unlikely he'll reunite Tarasenko with Braden Shen, at least so long as Schwartz is out. Um, at least a month and a half. Yeah, so, which, you know, makes Stasny the default default top center. Um, Crazy. And it, honestly, there's not a whole lot else to add here. It's really a no-brainer to pick, pick him up if you have the room. At just 30%, he's available in a lot of leagues. Um, you know, straight center eligibility has probably shied a lot of people away and makes him a little harder to take on. But, like, finding this reliable production for the next six weeks or so on the waiver wire at this point in the season, like, it almost never happens. He's like, been, like, a really solid fantasy asset, like, throughout his career as just, like, a number two center mm-hmm. playing with scrubs, too. Like, like, he had one or two huge years in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, years yeah. ago. You know what the, you know what yeah, the craziest part about the whole thing is, though? Like, I just went and looked at, I just went and pulled up his numbers. Only thirty one. Seems like he's been around for a hundred years. He was playing high level minutes at like twenty years old in Colorado, and people don't realize how he was actually pretty phenomenal there. And he's always kind of been a yeah. I just think he had such a he had a like pretty sharp drop after his career year, right? Like I think he dropped from like seventy to fifty points, but he's been like consistently at fifty points year in and year out. Um, yeah, and 40, never with this type of opportunity. He's had 49 and 40 the last two years, but he's he's been limited to under 66 games in both those years. So injuries have plagued him. He would have been over 50 for fun. This year, even still, like 23 and 32 is nothing to scoff at. I mean, that's a good yeah. that's a good start. And now you're gonna you got maybe a month and a half playing next to the best player on that entire team. Like, come on, top five in the league. Yeah, top easy. five in the game for funsies. Yeah, uh, you got anything else to add on staff where we have over the Bruce Owens there, Beeps? No, other than the fact that I own his home and away jersey in Colorado, Burgundy and White. So, That's uh, and yeah, pretty sure he's got tri citizenship. Yes, because he was a. Uh, so Jan. his dad, his dad's, his dad, uh, no, Peter. Peter, yeah, Jan was, Jan, Jan was Peter's brother. Yeah, no, Jan was, no, Jan was uh, his cousin. Yeah. Think. Anyway. Um, so, Peter Stasny, yep. like one of the first Slovakian players to come over. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. If not, he's like a great player, whatever. Paul was born while he played for the Nordiques. So, he's born in Quebec. Yep. Then I knew that. Spent most of his growing up life in America, yep. plays for the American team, yep. and then has citizenship with the Slovaks. Oh, and you know, know he was Slovakian default. as well. Yeah. So, he's, pretty crazy. He's, he's, he, he, had the, anyway. he had the choice to play for either Slovakia, Canada, USA when he was uh, started his international career. Well, he was like, I'm not going to make Team Canada. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I, you know, I, don't bl- I never blame the guy for wanting to play for the country. Pull cool, Danny Heatley and go play for Team Germany. Kind of stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, let's go to the Blue Stones when we get back. We're going to go through a lengthy injury report and get some buy low, sell high guys. Uh, and probably drink a couple more beers. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Tell me you want to play with Marco Stern. <laughs> Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I ain't down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground.
welcome back to season three, episode number fifty. I think so, I got it right. Sure. Yeah. Of the Daily Face Off podcast, I'm your host Brock Segan. My old hockey. Man. I would like to extend our sincerest apologies for not another content. The content was fantastic, as per usual on the Daily Face Off podcast. But we went back and listened to uh, what we said in the first half there, and for some reason there was some serious audio crackling in the background. Um, so I hope that that doesn't happen here in the second half. I did everything I could to fix the issue, but it might pop back up again. So if it does, I'm sorry. Uh, if it does, they probably won't Santa it, so. brings us a new, yeah, yeah, so true. They probably took off after the first half, but hopefully Santa brings us some new mics for, uh, episode number 16. The yeah. other stockings. Uh, so, anyways, hopefully we get through this one. Clean, I'll leave cookies was, for him if he'll bring me a mic. Yeah, that was pretty unfortunate because I think we did a pretty good job on first half. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, you know, if you battle, boss approves. If so. you battle through, if you battle through the crackly, then you know, kudos to you. If uh, you jump to this point, you know, no welcome. one blames you. Welcome. And if it starts crackling again, well, what are you going to say? Anyways, right. let's get right, right into Just the, the way injury. The cookie crackles. Sorry, no. <laughs> Where the cookie crackles. I love it. Uh, let's get right into the injury report here. Lengthy one. So cue up the NHL 94 music. Nice. Uh, Devin Dovnik is listed as week to week with a lower body injury. He will travel on their up- upcoming excuse me, four-game road trip. Not guaranteed to play. Uh, but it sounds like he might not be sidelined for too, too long. Although the week to week tag is a little frightening, yeah. especially when it comes to a goalie. Uh, Zach Rize. Been out all year with a back injury. He will also travel on the trip. Don't get too excited. Go all gung-ho and pick him up because he's not expecting to play on the trip at all. He's not really that close to returning, but uh, he did just return to practice with the team, so he will practice with the team over the duration of the trip. Jared Spurgeon also going to travel on the trip. He is expected to play, so that's good news for the Wild. Uh, Bad news for people like me who punt Matt Dumba in DraftKings every night. Um, moving to Winnipeg here, the Jets have placed Dustin Bufflin, lower body injury on IR, uh, no real timetable for his return, they just kind of put him on IR and said he'll be back, uh, Austin Matthews remains day-to-day with an upper body injury, believed to be a concussion, no word on whether or not, it's kind of just literally day-to-day, like every single day they're like, ah, yeah, he's not playing tonight, so monitor his status heading into the weekend here, uh, big, big news out of... New Jersey, Taylor Hall, day-to-day with the right knee contusion. Did not travel to Montreal. Doesn't sound like he's going to be out too, too long. I think they avoided a really serious injury there because, yes, like you said, he's not a pretty heat. uh, heat. (laughs) Not a pretty hit. Uh, Kyle Palmieri did travel to Montreal but did not play Thursday. Uh, His return appears to be close, although I read a report that he's still wearing a walking boot. So he's wearing a walking boot, but also... I heard he's just comfortable in it. He just likes it. It's it's a a fashion statement. Wow, jigs. Yobi an ice. Oh. Um, <laughs> Marcus Johansson <laughs> is also day to day with a bruised ankle. Uh, he did not travel to Montreal. Stayed back with his boy Taylor Hall. Who knows what they're doing? Maybe playing some chill. Chilling. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brandon Dubinsky will miss six to eight weeks with a fractured <laughs> orbital bone. Got his face caved in, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, Corey Perry week to week with a lower body injury. Just when he thought the Ducks were getting healthy. Ha <laughs> ha! Jokes on you. He looks like he's going to be out for a bit. Uh, Alex Petriangelo, lower body <laughs> injury Corey. placed on IR. Just when you thought they were getting healthy. <laughs> Jokes on you. They're screwed. Because also, Jaden Shorts will be out six weeks with an ankle injury. Brutal. Rip. 
Uh, love Jaden Schwartz. I know we all do. Had to keep but his he just had to, going. Yeah, he yeah. had to get hurt eventually. It's just the Jaden Schwartz thing to do. Next up, Chris Letang. Oops. Uh, Sven Barchi <laughs> out four to six weeks with a fractured jaw. And Bo Horvat will miss six weeks with a fractured foot. Poor Brutal baby. news for Bo. Sven. Bleh. Great Whatever. news for the Sedins, though. Yeah. Back to being the top option. And with, Brock, with Brock Besser. With Brock yeah. Besser. So that is the lengthy injury report. A lot of other guys I could have mentioned on there, but they're not really that fantasy relevant, and all those guys are, which is shit. Yeah. It's been a rough year for injuries. Uh, but let's move right into buy low, sell high. D, why don't we start with you? Who are you buying low on right now? Okay, uh, so, you know, I'm going to talk about Justin Bufflin. Uh I know it's an odd time to recommend someone right after they get announced out as week to week. Uh, but if you can afford to wait on his health, um, you know, that combined with his poor production so far means you could probably get him for pennies right now. Bufflin's been a perennial double-digit goal scorer and 50-point producer over the last seven, eight seasons or so, dating back to his time in Atlanta. Um, he's got just 15 points in 20. <laughs> you like that Thrasher Shadow. Uh, he's got just 15 points in 28 games this year. No goals on 69 shots. Nice. Uh, nice. It's pretty remarkable nice. that he struggled like this with the rest of the offensive talent on the Jets going off so far this season. Uh, but, you know, hockey's a weird sport sometimes. Very bizarre. And if we were to apply Big Buff's career 7% shooting percentage to his 69 shots right now, nice um, it'd give him roughly five goals on the year. We'll have him right on uh, right on pace for another 50-point season. 57, actually. Um so that's really been the only issue with this game so far. He can't put the puck in the net. Slight decline in shot production as well, which I'd never forgive myself if I didn't mention. Uh, but he's still well above average for D-man in that regard. Still Even fantasy D-man. He's the best offensive D-man on the team by far. The Jets are going to miss him while he's out. Um, but you know he's going to be rushed back into that top spot. And when he's healthy, the regression should do the rest from there. It, it, like I said, it might seem unconventional at this point, but I think now is really a good time to buy low on buff, especially if you have the room on your IR right now. You can get it for just so incredibly cheap. Yeah. yeah. If you're in a league where you have like multiple IR spots, right now is your this is your money time. You should just mm-hmm. be targeting guys like that, especially someone like Big Buff. I mean, we've seen him be a top five defenseman easily for the last 10 years, it seems. Um, and when Big Buff isn't scoring, you know that that's just that's more fluke than anything. You know he's been good when you guys yeah. reference Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> that's how long he's been good. He's been good since Atlanta. <laughs> it was funny today actually. There's like that like Atlanta Thrashers like Twitter account, account yeah, and they tweeted out something about how like Wheeler's two points off tying Ilya Kolchuk for like the uh, Thrashers slash Jets franchise records. So then the Atlanta Thrashers thing, which is like somebody injure this man. <laughs> Ilya's the guy. He's the Thrasher forever. That's funny. But uh, D or sorry, Beebs, uh, who you buy? Looked literally directly yeah, at you. Yeah, I, I never get D. to do it. Hey, D, who are you? Brock, I've never once felt more like I was at like a family Christmas dinner than what you did right there. Because yeah. my family loves doing that. They'll just look right at me and just call, call me my D? brother's name. Uh-huh. Hey, Jeremy. Like, like, yeah, and I'll just be like, oh, yeah. and then I go with it. And I think that really plays with their heads. But anyways, um, all, all awkward family interactions aside, um, my buy low is Eric Carlson, um, someone who. Um, again, we see in the Canadian media, media right now just getting absolutely destroyed, which is kind of laughable. Because well, he wants like eight 
yeah. trillion dollars per year. But they're also year. pinning every single Ottawa struggle on Eric Carlson this year, and it's a little ridiculous. I mean, the man, like the man, came back from a absolutely horrendous heel injury. Maybe put it on the GM for making a humongous panic move trade. Yeah. Well, you yeah, see what Tara said, right? Like it sounds like that was more on the ownership than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, which you know we called in the podcast at the time. Yeah. Me specifically. Seems, I don't. I don't like. Point seems there is an there. issue somewhere there. God, he. Yeah, and there's a super awkward like, like someone says this and yeah. then the owner says this and that's like they're going back and forth yeah. but as far as Carlson goes um, my main point about Carlson to start off is there's never going to be a time that you should ever be able to trade for Carlson mm-hmm. he is we know he's the number one best fantasy defenseman mm-hmm. year in and year out There's it's, it's, especially it's undeniable with Brent Burns well. <laughs> especially with Brent Burns doing what he does this year so right now Eric Carlson might be a tough buy still but if there's ever a time that you could get him from someone this would for be sure. it he currently has one goal and 19 assists. 18 assists. 18 assists. My apologies. I had his thing up, but his face was too pretty. He was making me feel super self-conscious. <laughs> um, so, yeah. One goal, 18 assists through um, 25... Or, yeah, my apologies. Through 25 games, which is still just six points below point per game pace. Has him 14th in league-wide scoring. Tied with a bunch of guys who have played eight or nine more games than him. Um, and the one thing about Carlson this year, I know that D's going to jump in and help me out here, but... Carlson just kind of hasn't... He only has one goal through through those 25 games. Carlson's... He's never been an elite goal scorer, but he's never been a non-goal scorer at the same yeah. time. He's never been a, on pace for four goals all year goal scorer. Um, and even with that terrible four goals, he's still on pace for 58 assists. That's why you don't take a defenseman in the um, first round of fantasy leagues. Uh, it, it, but... Maybe. When he puts he, up 90 he can, yeah, points, though. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Carlson has averaged 70-plus points throughout... If you take out I, I just don't. I but you get how valuable it is, right? When like the average for that position is like forty points. They can shoot because they're shooting from here, though, forty yeah. feet away yeah. all the time. But for Carlson, it's just a guy who's he's literally. If you take out his rookie season where he had, I think it was sixteen points through seventy games because he was a rookie. Um, he's had, he's literally averaged seventy plus points for ten years, which is just ridiculous. Pretty average. Um, but yeah, just just a little, and to average that is absolutely crazy. Um, and if you could get that out of your defenseman, like I said, he's still playing good, and it almost seems like he's slowly coming back. I mean, he hasn't looked good. He's I looked think, terrible. Yeah, I think that foot injury is still just lingering. Yeah, he doesn't look Eric Carlson like. And he got married, so he has to get used to going home to the wife. Yeah. He's got it, you know. It's, it's, there's a lot going on for Eric. Carlson. I honestly Yelled think all the time, probably. Yeah, I honestly think he's played fine. Like, yeah. I, I think obviously that team's gotten worse around him. Shit show. Again, Cal Turris better occupied than Matt Shane said at the time. I'll say it again. Yeah. Mike Hoffman's on a fourth liner. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's very true. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Don't play legit... first line left winger. Hunt all day, every day. Yeah. yeah. But one peek at Carlson's underlying numbers, man. Uh, yeah, it, I was like, okay, this this shouldn't last any longer than it is. Like Carlson registering two point eight shots per game right now, right on pace with what he put up last year. Um, and yeah, Beef said what Beef said at one goal on 70 shots so far. Shooting percentage at a measly 1.4%. Um, Carlson, a pretty good shooter for a defenseman, a career rate of 6.9%. Obviously, an elite producer from back there as well. Um, but again, if we applied that career percentage of 6.9% to the 70 shots that you have right now, he'd be right back up at the point per game pace we kind of expect from him. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, you know, secondly, he's been as good at even strength as he's ever been. He's posted a career high eight and a half relative course rating thus far. Um, and despite this, all Ottawa's goalies have posted 
a ridiculous 843 save percentage with Carlson on the ice at even strength. 843 even so strength bad. save percentage. That it's Help absolutely terrible. So it's not even Lerone. Yeah. Dude, territory. that's so bad. It, it doesn't even <laughs> make it doesn't even make sense when like you, I don't know. Anyway, so god awful at minus 18, right? Um, and that's almost you can almost directly tie that to the 843 save percentage the goalies have put up while he's out there. Uh, of course, on a shooting percentage, sits nearly 2% below his career average as well at 6.9%. Um, I expect him to be right on a point per game from here on out. If you make a move for him now, I don't even imagine the plus-minus be a burden no. because of what I just said. Yeah. I got one of the worst PDOs in the league right now. The world. Yeah, but you know, to unexpected fantasy owners in your league, I think you could easily pitch it as, yeah, he could very well bounce back, but you got to take on this burden of plus-minus, uh, which you really don't. But I, I think anyone could just look at Ottawa right now and doubt the team and expect that to continue. Yep. Uh, but again, I really don't because I, I can't imagine the goalies continuing to be that bad when their best player is on the ice. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, try to frame it that way in your trade talks. And like Beef said, there's never really been a time in the last five or six years where Carlson is a legit trade target in fantasy hockey, and this is it right now. Yeah. Don't be afraid to send a message and just down talk him before you you offer that trade it's up. Like, cause, boy, I can't believe how bad he's. How brutal has yeah. Ottawa been? You seen that dude? They scoring? are the worst. Uh, yeah, no, Carlson. Like that's the thing. Like I don't know if I. It's gonna be hard to buy low on him just because he is Eric Carlson. Yeah. Like it's this is more just, a buy ever kind of yeah. situation. Just, just like, like try it. Yeah. Just like try it right now. It's like oh and we pray. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I'd be sending mad offers. Um, would you guys rather have Eric Carlson or Brent Burns rest of season? Carlson, Carlson. But I've always been a Carlson over Burns supporter, and I'm going to continue to yeah, me ride too. that. Although, I, I think we could have easily just talked about Brent Burns for 10 yeah. minutes. We here. literally could have had the exact same. He started picking it up, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But we talked about him so much already, I kind of shared it later on. But I feel like, you know, it's We never get a chance to talk about Carlson because he's so freaking good, and why would you ever talk yeah. about the best defense in the league? I just thought it was so funny that, like, a defenseman's got, like, basically 20 points, 25 games, and people are talking about how shit he's been. Like, yeah. <laughs> That does, that's crazy. Like, like, <laughs> man, if, that, I, if I put up those numbers, like yeah. in, in beer league, I'd be freaking jumping through the ceiling. I guess that's the cost of being the best in the world that yeah. we do for so long, right? Like Connor McDavid, like their Edmonton media was shit on him because they were losing games. Yeah. And then as soon as they start scoring and stuff, they're like, man, Connor yeah. McDavid. Well, that's like the easiest thing that's to do, and I hate it, right? Like you just blame yeah. the best player for the team struggling. That never made sense in my mind. You're going to blame Unless the you for sports Yeah. Well, yeah. Any major media outlet, really. But me and D can't poop on that one yet. Still looking for job opportunities. Yeah, everyone knows Phil Kessel was the worst player on the least when he was scoring 40 a year. Clearly. Yeah. True. He's still shit. Brock, who you got? <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, I actually have two by lows, so bear with me, as per usual. Uh, my first fair. one, like going shot. back to the Oilers here, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Dreisaitl, ha- owner's definitely frustrated. Mm-hmm. Have to be. Uh, Dreisaitl was... Average draft position this year was 17th overall, yet he's tied for 73rd in the NHL in points right now. Uh, despite the lack of points, though, Dre Seidel not playing with Conrad David either. He's still worth targeting, in my opinion. His shot volume is at a career high right now. He has a superb 57 Corsi 4 rating and a nice relative Corsi 4 of 5.6, plus 5.6. Um, this is why. A large portion of his struggles can be attributed to the fact that he has two power play points on the year. To put that into perspective, he had eight power play goals and five power play assists at this point last year. Huh? That's ridiculous. Yeah, so 
That's got to turn around. The Oilers' power play, similar to kind of what we were seeing with Risto. Yep. They went from being a good power play to a shit power play. But, like, when you're on a power play unit with Connor McDavid and and, and Clefball, the way he shoots the puck, it (laughs) has to turn around eventually. I think there's a lot to like about Trace Hill going forward. Uh... They've we've already seen them pick it up. I mean, as we speak right now, they are losing four nothing to the Predators, but they're out shooting them thirty three to thirteen. So it was like twenty six to four at one point earlier. Yeah, right? the start of the second period. And so you know what? And they've looked a lot better. Talbot is coming back soonish. They might trade for Razik. I don't know what's going on there, but things are looking up for the Oilers. They still, I think, have you know as long as they don't shit the bed at some point throughout the next couple months, like going on a lengthy losing streak. I still think they have. The capabilities to sneak back into the playoff hunt here. Uh, McDavid's just too good. Mm-hmm. And Dre Settle's really good too. I mean, it sucks to see him play with like Drake Kajula, but whatever. I mean, he's still seeing he's still seeing decent minutes. He's playing on the top power play unit. And like I said, he had 13 power play points at this time last year. He has two this year. If you just add 11 power play points to his total right now, he's over a point per game player. Yeah. Obviously, it's easier said than done. Just add 11. Right. I mean, but it's a lot of the same. Awesome on there. It's a lot of the similar situation to what we we're talking about in Buffalo, right? Like when a team's power play just goes from one spectrum to the other, like that. But we the other night we watched the Oilers game in my host, and that power play against the Leafs was super dangerous. Yeah, and so Curtis Mackley just stood on his head. Yeah. Like, would maybe not? What I don't even care about the second unit. We might Camilleri and whoever gives a shit. But that toss unit of Clef Bomb. You got Mark like Heston, like come on, yeah. McDavid, Jacksonville, like, <laughs> and then Lucic is out there mucking it up, like that's a dirty unit. They should be putting on that points, but mm-hmm. it's just not happening. And then my second by low is Jeff Skinner. Um, he's I don't know, I, I guess kind Skin of man. He's not in the same boat as Carlson, but it's similar because he's actually not having a terrible year. But just like I I talked about uh, Pierre Luc Dubois earlier and Jacksonville. Uh, Skinner has an amazing course rating, sitting 10th in the NHL at 57.4, and he's second to only Austin Matthews in high danger, scoring chances 4 per 60. Let's go. Uh, Skinner has 21 points, 11 goals, 10 assists in 30 games. So by no means is he having a bad year. Mm-hmm. But he's on pace for 300-plus shots for the first time in his career. He's a proven goal scorer, and owners, I think, are probably just frustrated from visiting dailyfaceoff.com. I know I am. And going and seeing that he plays on the third line with Derek Ryan. Um, so if you acquire, you know, right now he's a 20-point and 30-game player. If you acquire, you know, that player, the 20-point and 30-game guy, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot more going forward. There should be much better days ahead, even better than what he's already shown. And he's still on pace for almost a 30-30 season still. Just still great production. And Unreal. So I like, would I don't trade think he's, 30 I don't think he's. I don't think he's like a super... Like, like if I own Jeff Skinner, like I wouldn't be like actively looking to get rid of him. Yep. But if you offer up something that looks a little bit more appealing than it is, I think that like... And we, we've talked about... Last time we talked about this on the podcast about the Hurricanes, how they, they go in every night and dominate teams. And they just lose their... Like I've seen so many articles this year about how like the... How like... The Hurricanes are literally breaking math right yeah. now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They're breaking math in their own frustrating way. I think they're just trying to. Like, yeah, they're trying yeah, to rack up as many shots purpose. as possible with not scoring. I remember when I used to play, like, Chelf 13 online. Like, I would literally just fire the Bissy on net all night. Like, I would outshoot guys, like, 40 to 17 and lose and be like, wow. You were that kid, eh? But now you know how. Now you understand. Now, now, I, know, I, now I know, yeah. Now you just you got to get those high-danger scoring chances per 60 up. You know? It matters. It matters. But, Skinner's got is up there already. Number two in the league. Only Audie Matz is a little bit better, but... He's pretty good. He's pretty good hockey player. So, uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum here there, Beebsy. Selling high. Who are you looking at? 
This was tough because Rasmus versus Line. This one, I, I wanted to. <laughs> At this point of year, you know, it's just like the cell highs are so glaringly the obvious. Complete opposite of what Risto is. The Browns, point. yeah, exactly. But um, but my sell high is um, someone who I've actually been so freaking impressed with this year. It's Nick Letty out in New York. Um, he's currently the number one man for the Islanders. Uh, craziest thing about Nick Letty, we talked about it kind of with Paul Stastny, but Nick Letty's only 26 years old. He's been in the league for eight years. It feels like that dude's just been kicking and like was on Chicago's power or back end for, you know, he was there for the glory days, but it's just, who would have thought he was 23, 24? He was just a child. He was a baby, but yeah, now he's finally becoming the man that, you know, that a lot of people thought he could maybe he's become just in such Chicago. a skater. That's what it is. He's, he's a truly an offensive weapon. And that's something that we love to see for fantasy guys. And, um, and by saying sell high on Nick Letty, I'm in no way shitting on what he's done this year. Um, he's currently second in the league's area in defensive scoring, um, only behind, what's his name out there in Dallas? Um, I don't Klimberg? Why did I even bring it up? Klimberg. Exactly. I don't know how I can think of that. Daddy's Absolutely awesome. embarrassing, but he's... He uh, is, like, quietly... Yeah, he's having a phenomenal year. And Klingberg is just, like, ripping it up, and nobody's even talking about it. why I wanted to mention it, just because, you know, we, we are focusing more... It seems like we're focusing a lot more on the negatives. It's not us, but people in general on the negatives. You know, Hedman's not having a great year. Carlson's not having a great year. Um, Brent Burns. But yeah. meanwhile, there's been guys who have really stepped into, you know, top five consideration. Nick Letty has been one of those guys. But the reason why I'm bringing him up is because... As much as he's become one of those guys this year, he's one of those guys I would love to trade for Brent Burns, for Eric Carlson. Mm -hmm. And it's a realistic trade at this moment. And something that that's why I have him as a sell high. So if you're going to sell him high, I'm saying you sell him high for an elite defenseman who you know has put up those proven amount of points. Um, Letty has never surpassed 46 points in his career. He has had an upgrade consistently year by year, but he's also had an increase yeah. in ice time, an increase in everything. But the difference this year is that team's just. They're truly clicking. We've seen that John Tavares, Josh Bailey, Anders Lee That top power play unit is filthy. They're phenomenal, and he, and he is the power play quarterback, and, and, and I love it. I, I expect him, obviously, he's a lock to break 50 points for the first time in his career, but just as a sell high, you could get so much value for this guy right now. 24 points through 31 games. Um, he's just he's been a beast, um, and, and if, if you can... If you can sell those numbers to someone and really um, really convince someone that, you know, this is your, look at the team he's around. Trade him for Carlson. Trade him for Burns. Have you try him for Hedman. You know, get those. I'm just saying trade him for an elite guy. Um, just it's, worth it. a, it's worth a shot it's for sure. It's definitely worth a shot. It. But I also do love having him on the team. Um, and like D said, package it. I, I love packaging little, you know, tussles, five piece, two for one. Oh, three, 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 yeah. two? You or or two you can go, even go two for two and toss in a second player, you're going to drop right away. Yeah. So the other thing that, on. like, and, and the one, Didn't want the, the, the big reason for this emergence of Ledger now, it, I've always been a Letty guy because you can get him so late in his production's yeah, always he's been always so, been steady. So steady. Yeah, like right. he, he's always been like the best fourth defenseman in fantasy history. Like mm -hmm. and this year though, his his shot production is up considerably. He is, had a career high of one thirty seven, which came last year. He's on pace for one ninety six this year. So uh his his shooting percentage is sitting right at where it was last year. He's on pace to just you know yeah, he's, he's been a double digit he's been a double digit you know, scorer in the past and this year, you know, First year when they put like the, they they put that blue line together with like him and Boychuk, they picked them both up that same off season. Yeah. There. they really liked going to Boychuk because he had that ball to the point. They they gave him to such a hot start too, right? Minutes, yeah. Remember but, he had like fucking ten points in nine games. Yeah, it was well, it was just ball on a minute. Yeah. But then uh, you got to look at Letty. Like then they finally gave Letty the look. And, yeah, and, and, and he's been great. He's just so steady, and now he's just like. 
surpassing everything. Yeah. Like he's back to back forty points in, in in the last two years. Thirty seven his first year. It's in, crazy in how he's quiet so, he's done it as well. It's just oh, like you know what they, you know what though they all kind of have like all those mm-hmm. top guys. The yeah. only guy that like you really even have heard about from the back end this year Sergei is Petrangelo <laughs> or like the or the young guys like yeah. Butcher and Sergeyev who have really but like Petrangelo is the one guy like everybody's talking yeah. about. Even Butcher's been a little blown out of the water. Yeah, he plays like thirteen minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. and both him and both Sergeyev actually. Sergeyev's at least starting to see more. Recently, like Sergey is gonna be the best D man so league nasty. or fantasy D man league like three years. Oh, from he's now. unbelievable! But he's nineteen Montreal is so stupid. Minutes a game. Yeah. yeah, that well, was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm mean, not Montreal, just yeah. specifically Mike Bergevin. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, just let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, let's call it. Or, or, let's just, or, let's just, or let's just say how like Steve Eisman is the best GM in, in hockey. Yeah, yet again, like he's a, a little bit. He's both. A, he's he managed to dump salary and pick up. I think part of being a smart GM is knowing who to talk to, and Mike Bergevin is definitely the. It was so funny that was what we. Like, all of uh, Red Wings' Twitter the other day was because there was a report that the Wings were talking to the Oilers about trading Mrazic. It's like, step one of being a good GM, call the dumb GMs first. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, uh, we got Mrazic. I, mean, like, this is I the really I like that McDavid guy. Uh, what would it take here? And he'll have to see you. Mrazic in a first, done. Like no, he'd be like, okay, I can't give you McDavid, <laughs> but I'll give you Nuge. Right? Well, after he was just as fast as McDavid, so I think that's a fair deal. And yeah. Shirley would be like, I thought Larkin was the fastest. Well, he is. Ever. We're not trading Larkin. Ever. We're, we're ripping Shirley <laughs> off here. <laughs> ripping Shirley off here. We're not oh, giving yeah. him, good, no, we're not giving right. him a fair deal. You're right. But uh, who are you selling high on? Uh, so, yeah, uh, like Beams, you know, I kind of had a, a, a tough time picking, like, a, le- a legitimate... So did song, I. You know, they all shit. Brock almost bailed on the whole segment. I did. No, I just I just didn't... I hate... I don't know. The sell highs are so weird because, like, I always just, like... I get nervous to tell people, like, yo, trade this good player on your team because, yeah. like... Like, I, I want to be sure about who I want to get rid of. And there's no guys sure. right now that I'm, like, hundy P. Like, there's, like... I got one for you. I got a hundy yeah. P. Right well, yeah, I know, yeah. This is, You're going to hear it? You'd be like, yeah. Does it does it rhyme with uh, Eric Carlson? <laughs> does it rhyme with Eric Carlson? Only the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> William Almost Carlson, exactly, though. <laughs> William Carlson. So, uh, yeah. So, kind of an obvious pick here. Twenty uh, four year old made the most and then some of his opportunity so far in Vegas. He's racked up twenty six points in thirty games. He's already bested his career high in goals and points. That's just absurd. Um, well, you know, and while he may very well be. Uh, a serviceable fantasy asset down the road. I think his production this year has come in like the most unsustainable ways. He's posted a ridiculous 23.8 shooting percentage and you know a relatively high on-ice shooting percentage of 10.6%. Uh, if you're a fan of the show at all, you know these are major two signs of incoming regression. Uh, and I'm super extra certain about this one. I feel super really, extra certain. I feel That's the re- new name of this episode. I feel really... Super extra crackling. <laughs> I feel really, yeah, true, true. Uh, I feel really good about it, though. Carlson's never even displayed elite shooting talent before this year. He shot just 7.3% in his first two full seasons uh, before his explosive, again, 23.8 so far this year. Um, so it, it might be difficult to move him. He, again, he came out of nowhere. I think you know any half-respecting GM uh, would be in his right mind to doubt William Carlson. Uh, but given the whole you know playing in Vegas, relative unknown, I have to imagine you know 26 points in 30 games... Kind of hard to ignore uh, for some fantasy owners. 
at the very least, I think you can get a lot more reliable production down the road. Yeah. His nickname's Wild Bill, though. Like, come on. It's a killer gotta, name. Gotta totally. love Wild Bill. He also has sick flow. That's fine. Wild Dirty Bill man. takes his chances, and he's not a sustainable producer yeah. by any means. Yeah, like, Wild you know, Bill's a great He scores on every four, fourth shot, dude. We should, make, we should make shirts with that flow that says Wild Bill, yeah. and then the back says Sustaining the Unsustainable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Probably sell like. Might improves your own. For listeners' reference, you know, over the last ten years or so, the only people who have, uh, I guess, the most the, the person who's been able to sustain the highest shooting percentage over a number of years has been Steven Stamkos. You know, he's been around 17 percent for yeah. ever how long? Which you normally see sixteen percent. You're like, okay, this guy's got to come down a little. That's his career average. William Carlson is not that. Okay. Mm. Wait, he's not Steven Stamkos. He's not Steven Stamkos, and he's not Patrick Laine either, who is threatening to do the same thing into his second year here. Uh, again, the last two full I seasons. I just shit on Patrick Laine last week, and he's been nothing but ridiculous. Right. Since. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, he's, Pat, Patrick's just gonna prove me wrong week after week after month. He after is what he year. is. He's a good shooter, but God, he, you know. is he ugly though? Yeah. Anyway. Um. What was I saying? Carlson. Not uh, that guy. 7.3% over the last two full seasons in Columbus. He's like a third-line center with like a bunch of plugs. That doesn't teams. affect your shooting percentage. Yeah. If you're playing with plugs and then you're playing with actual decent hockey players, it should affect your shooting percentage a little not bit. Not your personal shooting percentage. Not I, really, no. Well, not... I understand, like... It, the, shouldn't go for, it shouldn't go from 7 to 21, for sure. Right, right, but I, I get... A small boost play going from playing with, like, Lucas Sedlock to playing with Jonathan Marchessault, I think, would help a right, little Right, yeah, this is the thing, too, right? You're talking about, like, Columbus's third line and Vegas's top line of talent, I think, are pretty comparable at this point. I wouldn't say that. I mean, look at Vegas. They're, like, the fifth-best team in the league. They're great. They got, like, the top shooting percentage of the whole league. Yeah. I'm sure that'll last that'll all year last long. All Super forever. reliable. Look at that roster, right? Up and down, just... Sturdy names. Derek Eglin, top-pairing defenseman. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so I actually do think you can move Carlson. 26 points in 30 games. Anyone's going to look at that and think, I can give up something for this guy. You could definitely Uh, give up something. But yeah, you did point out. He's playing about five minutes more a game. So like I said, I think he could very well be a serviceable fantasy asset down the line. I think you could steal somebody for him. Right. His value value will never be higher than it is right now. Um, so yeah, that's why I have him as a sell high. Um, yeah, fine hockey player, but no one can shoot at 24% yeah. ever, so. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like a jump from 7 to 24 is a little high. It's a pretty big, right? A little high. Like, it's not even like, okay, this uh, guy's a pretty good shooter, he won't drop off that much. It's like, no, there's it's really like nothing. Like, no, he's going from like yeah. 14 to 11. There's, there's nothing to program, guys. It clearly increases your shooting percentage. Dude, even when I watch Vegas, I'm just like, how? How is this team? They just try harder. I guess. They are fast. No, they are I... F- they are a fast team, no, but no. They just, literally everyone is hungover when they play them in their own barn. Most likely, they're like twenty and one. The Vegas home. flu is a real thing. It's a very, very real thing. I would be. Have you met anyone who's ever played in the NHL? They're all, you know, pretty yeah. crazy. They're, they like to have a good time. I would Vegas party my known ass for having a good time. I would beers. I would party my ass. <laughs> off Especially you're an Vegas. Eastern Conference team. You get one night in Vegas a year. Come on, yeah, dude. They like are for sure on. getting absolutely just yeah, no, no, no. Dude, a, there, uh, no, there's no doubt about dude, it. Dude, there's it's no the one thing that nobody's talking about. Yeah. Dude, it's not a coincidence that they, they've just been an amazing home team this year and they, and they can't do on shit road. on the road. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. No. they're guys. They suck. Like, come on, let's be for real. Look at this roster, like. You think Alex Tuck is all of a sudden just a top six forward? Yeah, I think Alex Tuck is actually really I do good. Think he's I really do. I, th- I don't think he's like. I don't six. think he's a top six like on on, on, on an average NHL. That's what I'm six. saying. But I think he is going to be really good. That's that was fine. The, that was like maybe their best pickup, and the whole thing. Totally agree. Our born Tuck, March. Yeah, I was saying March. But Tuck. again, we even talked about March so before the show. Like we didn't want to bring still it up because we like him, him, but he's probably coming down to earth to some degree. I still don't love him. Yeah, I still don't love the team. We don't. I none of us do. 
But, like, it's hard to, like, just continue to shit on them and... and, and I will continue, continue until it happens. To prove us wrong, happen. yeah. Okay, show yeah. me a winning record on the road the and I'll is, buy in The thing, yeah. the thing is, eventually, and I've said this before, eventually it's going to crash and burn, and when it does, it's going to be fucking hard. Yeah. It's going to be, like, we lose ten in a row. It's kind of like, rough because the be, fans aren't going to know... They weren't really, you know, they they just came out winning, so it's it's gonna be a rough patch for Vegas, like you said. And but it is no, like that's the one thing that nobody's talking about is like the other teams are for sure just like, super drunk when they're playing. Oh yeah, well no, 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 at no. least hungover. I don't know about yeah, drunk, but probably or drunk. just tired from freaking gambling until five a.m. All their money away, and like, not yeah, realizing that it's five a.m. because you've been gambling close, for eight hours. Oh know? man, I remember the, the when I went there, I walked out one night. And it was seven twenty in the morning, and I was just like, "What <laughs> night? Dude. Yeah. Like, what just happened?" We walked out one morning. We just, went, so we just went three to, out of four we days. Just, we just like went to breakfast, and I was just like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. happy tomorrow." It's, it's a way of day. You, you get yourself your Pedialyte, and you uh, yeah. you have yourself your next day. Yeah, and that's what they're probably doing as well. Yeah, little cat. Hard to play hockey. Like get that. out on the rink, play the nights. Imagine so, doing like a back to back in like Vegas and then like Arizona. I mean Arizona. I mean, no offense to the Vegas faithful, but I don't think that home crowd is so ruckus that teams just can't like, bear like, to play in front. It's not of like them. football where like it actually affects like the, the play calling. Man. Like it's just like hey, tell that to the True North, yeah. buddy. Thirteenth yeah. True North. Nah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, my <laughs> sell high guy, and I don't even I actually love this guy, but Sean Couturier. I've always been a huge fan of Couturier. Uh, he was great for Team Canada back in the day. Just a great hockey player all the way through all three zones. Love him. Nuts. Always thought that he had more offense to offer, but wasn't utilized in that fashion, obviously. Maturia, uh, though, has already matched his career high in goals with 15, which is asinine because it's December 14th. Yep. Um, but I think he's a worthwhile sell high candidate because I think he'll be hard pressed to match his point per game pace for the first 30 games of the season. Um, his personal. And on a shooting percentage, both really, really high due for some regression. So I would move him for someone. Like, I would just look at somebody else who I just has, like, I think it was kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, Beebs, was you want to try to find somebody who is a safer bet to maintain the same type of production. Yeah. You want to, yeah. like, so if he's a point per game or near point per game player, you want to find somebody, like, I just, I really. It, really, that's really where we're at with these deals. I just so. don't know like how yeah, exactly. long Katria can just be a point per game player. That's why they trick someone. Yeah. <laughs> they are dominant. That line is they move Simmons and swap Simmons and Voracek, and it's been just as dominant. Well, obviously, like you took the well, third like, best player, second best player on the team, yeah. and moved it with the fourth and the yeah, third best yeah. player. For sure, but it's just like I just I just think that it's going to be like you're, we're not going to be talking about Sean Katria, eighty-two points in eighteen games at the end. Of the year. No, we won't. And there's you well, might that's the be, thing, right? Like fifty might, points would be a huge leap for him. Yeah, this. he's already at thirty. I know. Previous, I just said just tied his career high, career high, high in, in, in goals. fifteen goals. Yeah, career high in points is thirty nine, right? Like, but he played as like a third line center with like Yori Latera. Well, yeah. not learning that he's on the team, now, and he was also a shutdown. Matt Reed is who he's people been playing love with. shitting on Yori Latera. He's yeah. dog shit, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. Poor guy. <laughs> I hate him. Never did nothing but try his best. No, but seriously, like Sean Couturier played with Dale Weiss and Matt Reed last year. Dale Weiss was worth money, dude. Like, I think Matt Reed was on a struggled. Cup finalist yeah. team. Yeah. He got waved this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, it's terrible. Matt Reed was on a cup finalist team. He was. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you though. Like, Phil Kessel's a two time Stanley Cup champion. He's terrible. Like, 
Just kidding, I love Philly. Couturier's production could take such a regression at this point oh. in time, and at the end of the year, we'll look at it and say, what a good step good season for his yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At the end good of the year, I'm like, man, he's going to be yeah. great if he plays with good players again next year. Yeah. But like, I think his on-ice shooting percentage is like 16. More ridiculous. Or no, his personal shooting percentage is 16, on and his on-ice is like 13 and a half or something. It's, yeah, it's 13-0 at 5v5. Yeah, so, so it's ridiculous. He's going to see some regression. I just think that you could trade him. Like, okay. And I honestly think some owners would accept this. Would you rather have rest of the season Sean Couturier or Joe Pavelski? No, Joe Pavelski. Probably Pavelski, yeah. I think you pull that deal I off. I haven't looked right at the numbers. And, 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 and the one other thing that's really working against Couturier is he's strictly center. Yeah. 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 You know what else is crazy about Couturier, too? Um... He had 120 shots last year. He's on pace. Only a six six games. He's on pace for a two, like legit 240. Yeah. Well, but he was playing like what was he playing like? Man's got shots. I know. But even you. He was playing like 10 minutes at even strength last year. Like he was killing penalties. He played 60 minutes. I know, but you'd still kind of expect he's playing 18 and a half minutes for his career. 17 hockey reference he's showing. You kind of expect that shot production to bleed through a little bit, right? But. Yeah, like well, I, Claude Drew is also like a really great playmaker. Too. He like, is, play, he is, but play. I just think like it's just I just don't think he's gonna finish eighty two and eighty two. Like he it's is weird. Really I love seeing it as much as you do. I like, I love Katria. I think he's great, and yeah. I, I and, and I'm a Katria owner, and I'll probably trade him in some league and keep him in others. But like I just don't know if that can just stay. I just I would, no. I would, I would, the point per game will not. I would just sell. I would just. But like if I'm for all just the best players, right. I just hope so he bites. But he's still a ten percent career shooter, right? So he's like, he's not great, but he's not like he's still slightly. But he's above not Patrick Line or Steven Samkos. Yeah, he's not them. Yeah. No. no, more William Carlson. Right, he's not the, like you see sixteen. You expect progression. More Big William Carlson. Yeah. He's more William Carlson than Steven Samkos for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, almost identical actually. Yeah. Sorry, WK. Yeah, it's all good. Wild, Wild Bill. Bill. Wild, Wild Bill. Bill, great nickname. Wild Definitely Bill. making that shirt. Sustaining the unsustainable. <laughs> that's we, just, we, we have, have the sleeves off. I'll wear it. Sustaining the unsustainable. That's wow. just gonna be our motto going forward. Sustaining the unsustainable. Rip but, the sleeves uh, off. I'll do, do, it. do you guys got anything else to, to add before we head over to the Blue Stones? Yeah. And well, just like a else. sincere apology for that crackling yeah. earlier. And if you want to bitch at us, you can bitch at us at on Twitter um, yeah. at DFO Podcast or uh, any one of us separately. I mean, we all take it. I'll probably give it right back to you. Um, <laughs> Because you can't take it. Yeah, We've been there. Exactly. Before. We've been there. <laughs> at Beebs Bondi, at Brock underscore Segan, or at 3D Birthing. Find us there. Vish. Ask the questions. He's got that 3D Vish. Um, but yeah, sorry about those pops. And Maybe uh, we can finally get that Pop Rock sponsorship we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're This is it. One of my favorite games. <laughs> or Ice Krispies. But uh, one thing I would love to add before we head out is I totally fumbled the ball on. Totes Fumby. Yeah, on the DraftKings contest. Tonight, uh, there's been something going on with my email. I don't even know. Maybe it's that net neutrality thing. I'm like, this early on the old email account. Rock's <laughs> been shopping too much. Um, giving his email out. But anyways, be on the lookout for a DraftKings Daily Face-Off Pew. podcast contest tomorrow. So it's coming to you Friday. As you're listening. We'll get it going. Uh, yeah, so just, yeah, as you're listening to this, be on our Twitter account. I'll probably be tweeting out the link. Uh, so head over there. We'll have a nice contest for everybody on a nice small Friday slate. Uh, the only other thing I would Small like slice. to add is we are not 100% on what the schedule is going to look like mm-hmm. heading into the Christmas break. So if this is the last time we see you, we will wish you guys all a very happy holiday, Drive safe, safe holiday. Yep. Uh, if you if you drink, 
Don't drive. Yes. But uh, we are maybe going to be back next Thursday as well. We've talked about potentially doing a live show since all three of us are in the same city for, you know, the first time, I think, almost all season. We've right. talked about doing a live show just on, on, on Facebook – or not Facebook, sorry, uh, YouTube, where we'll basically have – a little bit of a live show and then we'll just stick around and answer all of your guys fancy hockey questions regardless of what they are yeah. if you got questions about girls i think we can answer those too yeah probably not good um, but no <laughs> if, if you if you need help with last minute christmas shopping or boys the 20 yeah, or boys yeah if it's the 21st you know there might be some last minute christmas present questions we can help with all that you need to know what mixes with what yes we can tell you what yes. we've done and then that'll give yeah. you an idea of what not to do exactly good so, topics to talk to Grandma there's a good, about the whole thing everything we so there's it. a good chance we'll see you guys back here next thursday but if for some reason a last minute christmas party shows up and, and we can't enjoy your guys holiday enjoy the blue stones we'll see you guys back here at some point in the next one two maybe three weeks peace on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.